Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Everybody wants to win, and you should not let anyone uh, uh, make you feel bad about wanting to pursue greatness or to pursue the things that you're fascinated about. Because what happens is you, you know, everybody wants to be respected, have a skill that, you know, people, uh, they want to be good. You know, people want to be good at things. They want to be, uh, go to the top. You know, they, they want to compete. They want to win. And so if you're in an arena that you cannot compete at, and you've tried it like sports, no matter how you like it, you're going to, and you know, you're going to say, Okay, what else is there? What other options? You know, or like even on a team, you know, on like uh, uh, soccer, you know, if you you try to be the, uh, or football, you try to be the the goalie and then you're no good at that. And there, you know, you may be a striker, maybe a defensive player or something like that. But, you know, just because you're good at one position doesn't mean you're good at all positions. And it could be that you're not, it could be that you're okay, but you're not no, way of becoming great at that and so you kind of you know you stay with it for a while and then you say this is not going to pay off for me so you look for you know you look for other things and what you did early on you know it was a blessing for you that you were you uh were terrible at sports yeah exactly yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> you didn't yeah. waste time on it you know yeah, yeah. and uh you, you know you could move on to something where you could be great at it you know you could be fascinated and build some respect and skill. And I think that's a hunger from everybody uh, who wants, you know, wants to have a life worth living. You can't have a life uh, worth living and enjoying. You know what? We talk about winning on this thing, uh, uh, Manoj. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, that's so selfish. And that's so, no. It's a matter of if you're going to have energy in your life. And if you don't have energy in your life, you're not going to be giving back. You know, if you're dead, dull, a dimwit, you're not out there thinking, how can I help mankind? You know, that'll get me cheered up. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, you're not- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the energy. If you don't have the energy, you're not going to give out any energy. You're not going to be able to help anybody. So it's the least selfish thing, I, I believe. Yeah. And it's the... Uh, the people that are down in the dumps and depressed and everything, usually not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? That they're just and they're not doing anything because I think they're a prisoner of ideas that are restricting. You can't do this, you're not good at that, nobody wants you to that. That'd be dumb to do that. And they wind up not doing anything, you know, yeah, where exactly. if you really talk to them, you'd find out they're things they are interested in. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if they haven't you know, let their spirit be totally broken, they can change. I mean, you can see people erupt and become, because they are a different person, because now they're pursuing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you take me and put me in, in the computer world that you operate in and sit me behind, you know, keyboard, key punch and everything, I'm not going to be real great, you know? Mm-hmm. But you get me in a boardroom or you yeah. get me with a team of people and you give us a project, then I've got a chance to, uh, you know, to, to make some things happen. So you've got to find areas where 
you're suited for, and you'll because that replenishes your own energy, and that allows you to think about other people. People that are not doing anything are the most self-centered people in the world. It's all me, 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 me. You know, they just, you know, they're like a baby in the womb. You know, it's just me down here all by myself. And so, uh, you know, the the thing about life and about success is that you get to origami out, you know, out into the world and create these ripple things. And what you uh, saw, how you saw how computers would allow you to identify those processes and set those things in motion in a lot of areas. What were some of the first applications that uh, came to you? Well, the first one was obviously, you know, uh, like this was back in 1999 when I was like, you know, uh, done with uh, learning about computers. So the first things were like building accounting systems, reservation systems for hotels, uh, you know, like um, internet was not even like... uh, when I started, internet was not even like um, a thing. So it was like, how do you take uh, a small business and automate things and, you know, th- those type of things. And then I, in 1998, uh, 98, I came to Canada. And that was when I started working on the internet. Like, you know, and so the very first thing that uh, I got involved was like um, an online mall. It was very much like Amazon today. Uh, this was 1998 in Vancouver. So uh, you know, I met a guy, he he wanted to build an online mall where anybody can sell and buy things. And he um, he did pretty well, actually. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, before the dot-com bust happened, he was worth about like $600 million. Uh, you know, in two, three years, he, he achieved that. But then dot-com bust happened, he didn't, re- he refused to sell out and everything. He went, went down to, I think he cashed out at like 5 million, 10 million or something. Um, but then those were the applications. And then the next one was about um, uh, online transactions. So I got, got very heavy into fintech, uh, financial technology, accepting payments and and transacting through, you know, like large, through large networks. So those were the initial uh, applications that came to me. Now, how quick did you get your own business? Or were you working for other people when this happened? Yeah. So, so what happened was like, you know, when dot-com bust happened, then I, I got, uh, you know, I, I got laid off from that job. And then I joined another company, a startup, a health tech company. And then September 11th happened uh, and then they lost all the money. So I got laid off from that job. So it happened two or three times very, very quickly in two, three years. So I was like, you know, this, this, this is messed up. Like, you know, I, th- I used to think like there is job security in North America, but there is no such thing. So then I started my consulting company around 2001. Uh, it was the same thing that I was doing for other companies, but on my own. Like I was lo- working with multiple startups now as a consultant uh, and providing my services to multiple companies. So this happened in 2001. And now, what before you went on your own, like what were the biggest roadblocks or the biggest setbacks or the biggest, uh, you know, we all love to talk about the failures because we learn a lot from the failures, but you remember the lessons. I mean, from the successes, we, you know, we, we learn a lot because things work and you say, okay, I'm going to repeat that. But the thing is the lessons, but a lot of times you can forget those lessons, but the ones you don't seem to forget are the lessons, the real painful lessons from failure, disappointment, 
uh, things falling on your head, the rug being pulled out, like you getting fired, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you were making a big impact at both of those places, but then all of a sudden the company has issues and you're gone. Yeah, And you had no control over that, you know? And I think we've, most of us have been through those situations and didn't, didn't like it. But beyond that, what is the single, you know, some of the single most depressing uh, things that you faced early on that yeah. caused you to realize, you know, I'm going to have to fight for success and yeah. uh, things are not going to always go smooth. Yeah. So, um, first thing was, you know, um, like as an immigrant, um, what I quickly learned was that I need to get assimilated in the culture. I really need to understand people. I really need to understand what kind of, you know, when they when they laugh at a joke, what does that actually mean? Because I didn't even like get half of the jokes, like what they were saying. Right. Uh, so so building those relationships was like, you know, me getting reborn and, and, you know, just learning about the culture. Second thing was I quickly learned that the, the hard work that people do, it, it's not what's going to get you rewarded. It's not going to get you recognized because the credit goes to the person at the top. And. And how do you, how do you, how do you even say, Hey, I did that. You know, like if I was not there, you wouldn't be able to do this or or accomplish this. How do you make that impact? How do you get that recognition? So I, for the longest time I had to figure out, okay, you know, how do I put my name on the work that I have done? So that even if, you know, the vice president says, Hey, we did it. Like the name still sticks. Hey, you know, this guy did it. So, um, so I had to learn the, to, to market myself and toot my own horn in a way that doesn't come across as, hey, you know, you're you're so, you know, always talking about yourself, but still letting people know that, hey, you know, I, I'm I'm the guy behind the scenes. Um, and then the last thing was, uh, you know, I never got satisfaction by working on like fintech, which just makes money for a handful of people or you know a, a shopping mall where you know rich people are transacting with each other that's when i learned you know what you just said like let's work on problems that is a problem for everyone so that's when i said okay let's look at education let's look at healthcare let's look at these kind of projects where technology is being still not used as much but then even if i don't get the recognition i'll have the satisfaction that hey look i built this hospital system and it has served a million patients now. And even if I don't get the, the 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 recognition, I will know in my heart that you know I help these people, you know, and that will be good enough for me, right? What were up to date, right off the top of your head? What are some of the most satisfying, biggest impact things you've been able to do so far? Yeah, so um, so we built a system. I I was the chief architect there um, for uh, Pearson Education, which is a Fortune 500 company. And that system has served over, um, at that time, this was uh, 2011, 5 million students across the world. And it had generated more than a billion dollars um, in revenue, almost 400 million a year. And then I built a system for the um, uh, uh, government of uh, British Columbia here in, uh, in the province, 5 million residents here. So we built the system to digitize healthcare. And that system, uh, British Columbia was the very first one to do it. And then the same system and technology was adopted Canada-wide, and then they took it to New Zealand and and some other countries. So all those things that I have done, you know, just in those two projects, 
it impacted more than 10 million lives but then i went i've done so much more uh, you know like millions and millions of other people have been uh, using the system that i've built but those were the biggest two that i can mention when you build a system what does that mean i mean how, a, how, how, what does that mean so it's what what you just said right you look at the situation today what is what is it that okay what you know everything is paper based in that in those days okay when a uh, patient comes in what kind of form are they filling in who are they talking to what kind of errors are they entering you know what happens if the form is not available what happens if the information is not available once the form goes to the hospital system who looks at it what does the doctor do with it you know what is the what is the diagnosis process how does he refer what does the doctor do to refer to a you know lab technician what does the lab technician do to send the results back it's a whole bunch of stuff that happens before you know oh you got some problem right so right. if you can take out all these steps and say okay let's digitize this let's send this message automatically when the patient comes in a message goes out to the hospital system doctor is notified you know lab technician knows and then the results come back to the same doctor and then even if the pro- uh, the person is out of state out of province you can send the same results back to another doctor in another province all that works seamlessly now so now as a patient you feel like oh you know it's so much easier than it used to be right yeah and so uh when you what are your big projects you're working on right now so now it's all about ai you know uh, just like in, in uh, late 90s the internet came along and a lot of people said ah you know this this internet thing is not for me uh, that is exactly what is happening with ai a lot of people don't understand what it means to to them to their business to their family and people who do not embrace it in the next few years they are going to be left behind like there is no tomorrow so um so i am working on uh, helping people embrace ai use ai in their business in their life um to to get ahead and and you know just ride this wave this is this is going to be the biggest wave of wealth creation or wealth movement because of ai and that's going to happen in the next 5 to 10 years that's my big focus so let's just say you're a a small business person and you're you're hearing this and you're saying uh i need to get some more input on this i need some more thinking how would you go about getting your business analyzed from a, how ai could impact it and you know outline the steps to yeah, yeah. bring it in absolutely so because the thing is like this manaj here's the thing you don't know what you don't know exactly and right now when you don't know ai you don't know ai and so you exactly. have no idea what how you're missing the boat so, yeah, yeah, so exactly. it's like i yeah. said but you can still feel like i missed the boat i'm yeah. missing the yeah, boat yeah, yeah. but yeah 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 somebody help me not miss the boat i don't know how to you know and so that's what i'm saying it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, you so know, the simple not today and if not today when i get to a little bit bigger or next yeah. year or something yeah. or start to move into it no no you don't have to be any size i can try and trust me when i tell you like a, a, a single person a single solopreneur can use it but the but the key question is what is my biggest headache today you know start with that what is my biggest headache today is it sales is it marketing is it operations is it hiring people is it um you know uh, getting out there uh, wh- whatever that biggest headache is then you start to break down that headache into smaller uh, pieces so let's say 
I was talking to uh, you know a, a, a design uh, construction construction design company. They have ninety people right now. Their biggest headache is how to find more people, how to find qualified people. So they have been using this traditional route, you know, sending post job postings, getting a whole bunch of resumes, going through it. So with AI, you can post the job and you can actually automate the process of reviewing the resumes in such a way that it shortlists almost 5-10% of the total resumes, which almost exactly match your company, your values, your mindset. And then you only talk to those 5-10% to of the people. Imagine the time of uh, the time and the resources and the money you will save if i will if i come into your company and say okay 95% of your hr process is is gone now it can be automated right 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 so yeah go ahead but if like let's say in marketing you know yeah. there's a certain target market a certain kind of thing you want yeah. to let people know your yeah. service is available yeah. and you don't want to just hire a salesperson to do it but you know, if it's something that can be, go globally, you know, you want to contact people yeah. and uh, so, all over. So how do you go about that? Exactly. That? So so three years ago, I was an uh, anonymous engineer. Nobody knew me. I was a consultant. And I'm talking to you three years later, Be you know, um, with all this credibility that you mentioned, right? Right. It, hap it happened with AI. I used AI to put my name out there. And today, the technology is so advanced. Uh, what I did in three years, I can do it for people in three months to six months. So the idea is that AI can help you get the message out there. Most of the people, most of the marketing gets stuck by figuring out what is the right message, how uh, once you find the right message, how to target the right people, how to scale that targeting, how to scale that messaging. With AI, you can go full speed ahead find the right message within a week and then replicate that message like it's like, uh, you know, a thousand people are shouting from uh, the top of Mount Everest about your name, about your services. That's where we are at today. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.